This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Vishal Maria, CEO of Quantexa. One of the more growing challenges I continually heard from clients was, you know, we've, we've got all of this data, Vish. Inherently, there are challenges within that data around truly understanding a customer and their underlying transactions and relationships. I want the world to think of context. Just like human behavior, any decision we make, we in our brain are building context. So the big idea is about building context and being able to do it real time, dynamically. We have to combine human intelligence with artificial intelligence. Because if you look at your credit risk officer, that credit risk officer has so much information and trends in his or her head that the machine will never know. So where we need to get to is allowing the data to drive any abnormal or predictive nature, but combining that with the years of experience that the human has. This is Vishal. He's a globally recognized leader in solving financial crime and surveillance challenges. He's accomplished at building teams and helping clients to use innovative data analytics for the financial crime challenges. He served as the executive director at EY. He led major programs at international banks, including global anti-financial crime technology strategy, data-driven remediation, and end-to-end -end reviews of strategy and policy. And last but not least, he was instrumental in directing and building the Deticam Net Reveal business at a global scale. In 2016, he founded Quantexa to solve some of the biggest challenges in financial crime, customer insight and data analytics. His goal is to enable organizations to rethink the way they understand their customers using a wider context. And this inspired me. Hence, I invited Vishal to my podcast. We explore the growing challenge of financial crime and how addressing and solving exactly that challenge can result in insight that can actually result in top-line gains. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, why contextual insight is the essential ingredient to make powerful decisions, not only by top leaders, but by everyone in the business. Secondly, how the biggest impact is created by combining the experience of domain experts with the power of AI. And thirdly, 
While taking an open ecosystem approach with any solution, you'll bring value greater than the sum of its components. So, welcome to the podcast, Michelle, and thank you for taking the time today to share the big idea behind your company. But before we start, can you elaborate a little bit about all your experiences and the journey that got you to where you are right now? Super. Well, thank you, Ton, and thank thank you for, for, for the opportunity today. Yes, yeah, so Michelle Maria, I'm the CEO and founder of Contexa. A bit of my background, so I started off in data analytics at a company called Dedica. I was working on a software product there called NetReveal. I was I worked there for a number of years, worked with some great clients such as HSBC, the Royal Bank of Scotland, and many others. I then left Dedica in 2011, joined SAS, where I led the fraud and financial crime practice across the MIR AP. I then left SAS and I was an executive director at um, Ernest & Young here in London, where I was working in the compliance IT practice. Yeah. And it was really that full journey from your Dedicas to your SAS to your e- EYs, where sort of the foundation and the genesis of Contexa came from. So I started up Contexa in March 2016. We are now celebrating our 100th employee. So we've been running for just over two, two and a half years. We've had tremendous traction in the market, working with some lovely clients around sort of financial crime, customer intelligence, more broader risk, and with a very great team and a great platform servicing a number of, a number of clients. So um, that's, that's where we are today. Very interesting. And uh, congratulations with the, the growth that you've been experiencing since you started. So what is the big idea behind your, your product or your platform? Yeah, no, great question. And, you know, sometimes great ideas come from some of the most simplest things, right? So when I, when I was working with a number of clients, large banks, large insurers and government institutions, etc., one of the more growing challenges I continually heard from clients was, you know, we've, we've got all of this data, Vish. You know, there's some, there's some data around customers, there's data around their transactions, there's growing external data. But one thing we can't do or one thing we find a huge challenge is really understanding our customer and their connections. Yep. You know, if you look at large institutions, they could have you know, grown organically or, or by acquisition. And inherently, there are challenges within that data around truly understanding a customer and their underlying transactions and relationships. Yep. So knowing, knowing that challenge, you know, just like, for example, you know, when you buy a house, right, you never buy a house by looking through the letterbox. Now, Typically, when you buy a house, you, you, you would open the door, you would look at the house, you look at the garden, you look at the kitchen, you go upstairs, look at the bathroom. And, you know, you're using internal information about making a decision. Exactly. And then typically when you, when you look at buying a house, you, you look at the neighborhood, you look at the schools, you look at the shopping malls. And, you know, you, you're using external information. And then based upon the both, you then make a decision, do I want to buy this house or not? Now, the, the same is true when you're trying to look for anti-money laundering detection. You know, so, why, why do you look at a transaction at a time to understand if this transaction is uh, it's suspicious for money laundering? Mm-hmm. You don't really do that. Or you shouldn't really be doing that. You should look at the customer view. You should look at the relationships of that customer. 
And then you should work out, is this a potential money laundering event or not? Yeah. So, so the, the big idea fundamentally here, Ton, is I want the world to think of context. Just like human behavior, any decision we make, we in our brain are building context. If it's buying a house, we're building context. And the problem I was seeing and what I've, I feel I'm solving and have solved is that we can build context using internal and external data and provide that intelligence for a human. So the big idea is about building context and being able to do it real time dynamically. And at the end, of course, it's targeted towards that, that big problem around fraud and, and money laundering, financial risk, correct? And there are a range of applications. Absolutely right, Tom. So financial crime is, is an application and there are lots of areas within financial crime. But the same is true for things like customer intelligence for sales and marketing and prospecting or the next best offer. There's also things around KYC in the onboarding process. Yeah. There's also things around liquidity risk. You know, these are all applications that you can apply once you understand context. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And I, I agree. If, if it's, well, you can look at it from, from, the, from the perspective of, of risk protection, but uh, maybe a, a far bigger opportunity is at the end next best, best offer because that's about the top line. So it's interesting Absolutely. that you can turn this, this solution into, into different angles here. Absolutely. And, and, and I really feel we're, you know, the environment is around digital transformation. More data is becoming digital. Yeah. Now, understanding your, your customer in the context, absolutely right. You, you can help with the risk side, but if you can also use the same asset of data to also help on the top line, then institutions are in a very powerful position where they can do this investment, sweat the investment, and service a range of use cases. Exactly. Yeah. That's fascinating. And you do that with one platform because at the end, it's all about understanding the context of the customer. And from there, you can take it in different directions. Nice. Absolutely. And it's open architecture. So, you know, one thing is also critical here, Ton, is many of the clients we work with, it's, we, we're never working in a, in a green space where the client has no technology. We, we never work in that environment. And, and it, it is about an ecosystem. So the way we have designed Quantexa is knowing that in mind that it is an ecosystem that we work with. And some, some of the big, large accounts we work with, we are working with competitors. But yeah. that's absolutely fine because it is an ecosystem. Clients want the best of breed. Mm -hmm. And context is the underlying foundation. So in certain clients, we would use our contextual view to yeah. almost support the bank's existing investment into potential competing technology. And that's absolutely fine. So again, in your mindset, we know when I started Q, I knowingly designed the platform to ensure that we do work in an ecosystem. Yeah, yeah that's the only thing you can survive at the end, is bringing, bringing all the pieces together, connecting the dots. Understand. Correct. And uh, the opportunity is, I mean, I can imagine what the opportunity can really be. So your, your early customers, what are they achieving so far? I mean, when 
do you see the first uh, return on investment from this? So, no, very, very good question. So if you look at things like financial crime, right? So some of the key metrics within financial crime is around the effectiveness of your controls mm -hmm. and the efficiency of managing those controls. Yeah. So, you know, for example, if you put a system in and you want to detect all money laundering in an institution, then if you want the best potential capability, you should alert every single transaction because then you should find everything. But that's yeah. not very efficient. You have an army of people trying to investigate every single transaction, and that is not palatable or achievable by large institutions. So it is, you need to have effective controls and also be efficient. Now, by using my platform, what banks have been able to achieve is, is a better mousetrap of catching money launderers. But more importantly, I'm also speeding the time it takes for an investigator to work an alert generated by the Quantexa platform. Yeah. So I have seen investigators, you know, traditionally where they would be copying information from multiple systems, then investigating an alert and taking them, say, six, seven hours to investigate an alert, suddenly using my platform, they can be investigating an alert in one hour. Yeah. In one of our clients where it took them four weeks to complete a very complex investigation, took them 60 minutes using my platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are huge efficiency gains there, but there's also effectiveness because it is a better mousetrap. Yeah. Because I'm using the context which is transactional data, internal, external data from KYC records or company house information or third-party negative news data. By combining those assets, I'm creating that context and therefore providing more effective controls and also being very efficient. But that is very much in financial crime. Now, if you look yeah. at in the sales and marketing or prospecting side of the platform, we have seen RMs or relationship managers triple their productivity using our platform when it comes to identifying new leads within the existing customer book. Yeah. So these are new prospects or new offers or new products they should be offering to their current prospects that they weren't doing so and then materialized into converted opportunity and revenue for my clients, tripling productivity. Well, wow. it's quite impressive. So, I mean, yeah, at the end, I think the, the strength of the platform will come out if you combine, if you make it a, a human-machine combination, right? Totally agreed. So I come from a, a premise where we have to combine human intelligence with artificial intelligence. Because if you look at your credit risk officer, that credit risk officer has so much information and trends in his or her head that the machine will never know because the machine has never seen that data and therefore cannot be trained on that data. Correct. But then the machine can scale, can deal with larger volumes than a human brain can, and can work in real time, which the human cannot. True. So 
where we need to get to is allowing the data to drive any abnormal or predictive nature, but combining that with the years of experience that the human has, and together bringing those two facets together, have an overall automated decision process with all of that context. Yeah, that's the future at the end for for a lot of knowledge worker type roles. And that's exactly also why I started this podcast. And, um, there's things that are going to be taken away from us, but but this is where the real power lies. And this is where the value is created. So um, the, the, you already started, well, talked about your, your aha moment, and, and well, which came from, from the history that you had with uh, Dedica, with Ernst & Young. But it, since you started in, 2000, in 2016 and you started to build a platform, what have been sort of the three things that you believe have been the right choices to make your platform, your product, uh, a remarkable product? Great question. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a few things, right? So the open architecture, which is that ecosystem point I mentioned earlier, has been fundamental to our success. Being open architecture, where I expose the APIs, if a data scientist wants to understand how I have resolved this 360 view or explain the data that made these connections, understanding the data lineage of that whole process mm-hmm. is within the platform. Yep. So the open architecture and the fact that we knew from the outset we will be working in an ecosystem, that point was really fundamental to our success. The second piece, which is kind of, again, what I've alluded to already on this podcast, was combining the human intelligence and the machine learning from the data and bringing the two together and then driving insight, again, was a critical design point we did within our platform when we first started our company. And the third thing, which, again, sometimes might be a bit, you know, seem to be a bit trivial, but you need to have the ability to listen to your clients. You need to have the ability to be agile, work with your clients to solve a problem, and be able to harvest back the IP into the platform. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes people can become a bit stubborn when it comes down to approach to, you know, how you built something, mine is better than yours or, or whatever. <laughs> and, and again, sometimes you need to take a step back and just to, to understand what are we trying to achieve here and what is the best outcome? Yep. So the fact that we've been able to work with some great clients, my portfolio of clients are, you know, some of the most superb people to work with. And being able to, to, to be agile, to adopt to the new trends in the market and what we're seeing in the data has also been quite critical. Yeah. So what, have been, what ended up going different than you expected? If there's anything, by the way. So I, I feel the, you know, I'm, when I started Q, you know, I had lots of ambition of the growth. 
But if you told me two years ago or two and a half years ago, Vish, in two and a half years' time, you'll be sitting here with over 100 people, offices in six countries, and a client base, you know, of HSBC, Shell, et cetera. Well. I would be sitting there saying, yeah, that would be lovely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I'm delighted where we are, of course. And, you know, with my investors behind me and their support, you know, the growth that we've had, the adoption of, of basically of the, of the vision we created when we started Q and the adoption of that vision with our clients, that's been amazing. Yeah. Now, we always knew it. Otherwise, I would never invested in, in, in my thought and my vision when I started Q. Yeah. But the growth of it and the scale of it has been, has been truly, you know, truly amazing. And oh. I'm very pleased by that growth. As long as you target a, a kind of a real tangible problem in the market, and, and it's absolutely there because with, with everything going on, that, that, that risk and the clarity that's needed and the context that, that's needed is going to be just bigger and bigger and bigger. What have been the, what are the and, toughest decisions that you've made in order to... Okay, uh, to very good question. <laughs> so some of the toughest decisions I made. So one thing I would say, which has also been really important, which is also part of being sort of some, some of my toughest decisions, is focus. Yeah. You know, I recruit some of the smartest people in the industry. And when you have a group of very smart people, it can become very easy to divert away from the vision. So therefore, being able to focus, focus what we're good at, focus what our clients think we're good at, is being really critical. So, you know, coming back to some of the tough decisions, you know, should we go into things like end-to-end case management or should we partner up with case managers? It's a very good question. Now, my focus has been around AI, machine learning, entity resolution, network generation, etc. If I pivoted from that focus, that would have hurt my growth. Yes, in sir. the strong areas that I've identified. So these are some of the tough decisions, right? Should we go and pivot on a particular stream of activity, which could be hot in the market? And being an entrepreneur, sometimes you look and go, well, that's a good opportunity. But then you have to bring yourself back and say, well, is this the vision? Is this the strategy? Is this what we have sold to our investors, yeah. our people and our clients? Nice. I agree. And- that's, that's, that's well, one of the magic things that a lot of companies, a lot of people are struggling with because there's so much opportunity at the end. So what, what do you believe is the catalyst for your success? And what was the breakthrough moment? Oh, I think there's, there's been a few, uh, Ton. I think as we've grown and matured, you know, there, there's been a number of key sort of milestones. I would say one thing that was really important for me is delivery. Delivering your platform where real end users are using your platform and using it in the way it was designed to be used and gaining that benefit was a huge point for me and something I personally have been heavily focused on. So, for example, HSBC had a press release announcement around their use of Contexta. That is, that, for HSBC going live with our platform 
was was a big milestone for me. Something we supported the bank, something the bank has supported us, has been absolutely pivotal to our growth. And what I would also say, which is also pivotal, is the adoption of our platform outside of financial crime. So the win we had with Shell, which is outside of financial services as well, which is also a big win for us. But it also proved the point that building context is not just necessarily around managing your risk, but it can also help you generate revenue. Yeah. Yeah, that's looking for looking for the alternative uh, offerings and for customers, for your non-customers that could benefit from the same technology just in a different way. Interesting. So from everything that you've learned so far in your two and a half year journey, the, the tidbits of wisdom, what would you advise a CEO of, 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 of your prospects to, to do different, to think different? So one thing I'll say to any CEO and entrepreneur that's going to start a business, focus. Focus, focus, focus. Focus what you're good at. Focus what the vision is. Focus what you've sold to the market. And make sure that's always aligned. And if it's not, question yourself. Question your management team, your top table. Question why are we about to sign on this business if it's not to strategy? Because when you're starting up, It's very easy for an entrepreneur or a CEO to chase bad money. Short term. It's very easy. Exactly. Now, I was was very fortunate that, you know, this is not necessarily the first type of business I've done. You know, I've worked in other organizations where you kind of were an entrepreneur, but within a wider organization, right? So you, yep. you, you weren't necessarily, it's your money on the line, but it's, you were growing the business. So I was quite fortunate with that experience. And, you know, that really helped. But, you know, I had some great advisors to me and to my management team. You know, so that really did help. So those, those people who have been there and done it doesn't yep. necessarily mean that was the right way of doing it, but it's definitely another way of doing it. True. And getting that experience collectively and getting that coaching was really important for our success. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, always good to have the mirrors from the outside. You know, people that that are not there on a day-to-day basis but can challenge or can ask different questions that that makes you think, wait a minute, are we still on the right track here? Absolutely. Yeah. And as a CEO, you don't take that personally, right? It's, It's very easy for you to feel that that's a criticism. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. It's, it's part of the challenge and you should be challenged. You know, that's why we're the CEO of the company. We should be challenged. You, you, the company direction is based upon the decisions you're making. True. And it's not just about those. You're talking about people here. You're talking about families here. You know, we're, we're, not, a, we're not a chip business. You know, there are people involved of, you know, building the technology, taking this technology to market. Yeah. So you should be challenged and you shouldn't take that as a threat or as a criticism. Nice advice. Obvious advice, but uh, to many people, they, they, it's easy, so easy to forget it. So what is next for you? What is your, your greatest aspiration? 
I want Quantexa to be the next unicorn. <laughs> well, I think you're well on your way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if there's anything that um, my, my audience could do to help you, what could you, what, what, well, what would you ask them? How can they help you? I would love any experience, advice around scale-up. Yeah. We are in a phase of rapid scale-up. And frankly, I, I don't want to know necessarily the good things I'm doing or the good things we're doing. I want to know the pitfalls that are coming up, which I'm sure they're coming up. And I would love any advice that people have around the challenges of scale-ups. Things, yeah. you know, on hindsight, I wish we never did it like this. I would love to know that. So if anyone's going through a journey of scale-up from, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling their business in a year, I would love to know that. You know, when I closed my financial year uh, 18, which was March 18, I was probably around 40-odd people there or thereabouts. When I closed financial year 19, I'm going to be close to about the 130 to 140 people mark. Anyone who's going through that sort of that sort of scale up and any advice they have, I would love to have that um, conversation. To be honest, well, let's see what's coming back from it. I'll uh, I'll keep my my eyes open for people that I think can help you here as well. So, where can people go if they want to find out find more about uh, Quantexa or or about well, say hi to you. Yeah, no, I mean, again, there are social media sources that we are, you know, very active on. LinkedIn, we're very active on. We have our own LinkedIn address. We do a lot of work on Twitter. And again, you know, please follow us at Quantexa, being the Quantexa Twitter account. Yeah, please reach out. I mean, you know, it's always, it's always, there's a lot of information, obviously, on the website. So www.quantexa.com. Yeah, please just you know, social media, the website, uh, LinkedIn, please just get in touch. Okay. I think uh, that's, uh, that's clear and everybody can follow that one. So thank you very much for your time today. And I mean, I've been inspired by a number of your ideas and, uh, and principles. So that was... Thank you. And thank you for your time as well, Tom. Thank you. I really appreciate it. The pleasure was fully on my side, Michelle. And for everybody listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Michelle Maria, CEO of Quantexa. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, 